Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to The Shift Show. I am your hostess with the mostest messes, Shelby Gatlin, and today we are going to be talking about emotional maturity and what that looks like in our lives. So let's dive right on in. Emotional maturity. Having self-control to manage your emotions and work to understand them. Um, To give you a little bit of comparison, uh, about this time last year, I was not emotionally mature whatsoever. I was, uh, you know, living in a fear-based place for a very long time, my, most of my life, but, uh, due to childhood trauma and many other things, uh, I was kind of forced to understand what emotional maturity looked like. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Signs of emotional maturity. This one, uh, it was hard to, to accept, to talk about, to realize that you didn't, I didn't like who I was as a person. And, um, it's a hard thing to acknowledge. So I did a little digging and really came up with a couple of ways that you can, gauge for yourself if you're emotionally mature or not. But for starters, do you take responsibility? This is something we do not see very frequently in society is people taking responsibility for their own actions. My goodness, for their own emotions, for their own everything. Take responsibility for your junk. Do you? Because, uh, Uh, I was, I don't want to say I was, I was the victim of a lot of blame gaming, uh, where a lot of things would get blamed on me throughout the years, but I also had the tendency to point the finger at other situations, people, scenarios, uh, when I was in the wrong. Do you take responsibility for your actions? When you apologize, is it... Oh, hello, Gryffindor. I don't know if y'all heard that, but in the other room, he just made his presence known. (laughs) Do you take responsibility when you're in the wrong or when you're in the right? Do you take responsibility for your actions? When, When it comes to taking responsibility, especially, this even means after the fact. It doesn't necessarily have to be in that moment, but most of the time we lack closure without somebody taking responsibility for their actions. So just keep that in mind. Do you have the appropriate amount of empathy? Now, nobody knows what the true appropriate amount of empathy is, but do you have it? Uh, Emotional maturity means that you can see what someone else is going through, empathize with it, and also communicate that to them. I'm so sorry for your loss. 
is such an overplayed and vague sentence. Do you truly have empathy for what people are going through? Hardships, not just loss, but hardships in general. Are you able to embrace your own emotions? Now, I didn't have emotions for a long, 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 long time. And so embracing emotions to me looks different than it would for the rest of the world or for some of the world. Embracing emotions to me is feeling and identify, identifying uh, the emotions that I was feeling or that I had pushed down or numbed myself to. There's various ways that I refuse to embrace my emotions, but embracing them, feeling them, acknowledging them, recognizing and accepting your own needs. That is a sign of emotional maturity. How many moms we got out there that, uh, don't look after your own needs. There are six basic human needs. If you don't know what those are, look them up, Google, wonderful technology that we have these days, but there are six basic human needs. And each of those needs has a bodily or emotional response when you are, those needs are not being met. So if you aren't aware of what your needs are and how those needs are or are not being met, how can you acknowledge what's going on with you inside you? How can you be mature if you don't know what your needs are? This one is a, a life-changing one for me, especially. Work to become unoffendable. This means that you are so confident, so sure in yourself, so firm in every step that you take that no matter what anyone says to you, you can't take offense to it. That is very, it's easier said than done because um, we live in our feelings. We live in our emotions and becoming unoffendable. I actually had to write it in expo marker on my dry erase, not my dry erase, my mirror in my bathroom for quite a while because I would take offense to anything and everything that somebody would say, whether it was about me, to me, not even pertaining to me. Um, I could easily get offended. And that's not how the world is supposed to work. That's not how we're supposed to work. We are supposed to be firm in ourselves, and firm in our needs and our wants. <clears throat> And one more that I would like to throw on as a sign of emotional maturity, not holding grudges. That takes so much maturity. It takes a lot from you to not hold somebody not accountable because there's a difference in accountability and grudges, but to let go of a wrongdoing that someone has done to you, even if they haven't apologized, even if they haven't given you that closure that you need. Holding on to grudges does nothing but taint your spirit and your soul. So 
those couple of little things are signs of emotional maturity. You take responsibility for your actions. You have empathy for others, embracing your own emotions, recognizing and accepting your needs, becoming unoffendable and not holding a single grudge. Um, so after hearing that entire list, you're probably sitting there going, <laughs> I'm horribly immature. Maybe not, but I did. I definitely did. <laughs> so what causes us to become emotionally immature? <clears throat> because I don't believe we're born that way. I believe that if you took a precious little babe and you nurtured and loved and did every little thing correctly, much like Jesus, <laughs> that that precious little baby from birth who is now not had to endure any hardships, I believe that they would be emotionally immature because they have not had to form an emotional protection around themselves. Um, to me, emotional immaturity means that you're looking out for number one more times than not. Um, might not be 24-7. It might not be your only goal in life. There are some out there that, that that's how their brain has worked because of their past. So what causes us to become emotionally immature? Childhood traumas, generational curses, untreated and undiagnosed disorders, lack of self-awareness. There are many, many, I'm sure many reasons as to why we become emotionally immature over time. Most of the time it was no fault of your own, my own, our own, but it is something that happens over time. And if it goes unacknowledged, then you will be missing out on a lot of the positive sides of life. So for this week, our shift in perspective is to take those emotionally immature or powerless thoughts and let's switch them to empowered thoughts with God. Let's start doing little things day by day that will establish more emotional maturity. I don't think we ever fully arrive at emotional maturity, by the way. Uh, I think we are all, I mean, I know some very emotional mature people that I, I look up to immensely, but we never fully arrive. You are never fully mature, but we can start doing daily practices to grow in that area to work out that maturity muscle. So one powerless thought or statement is I will try. I would like you to replace I will try with I will do. And this sounds so, 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 so simple and so vague and almost one of those like coach yourself into a better person. I will do. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I will do it with God. I will do this not by my own strength, but by the creator's strength. 
So, prime example, uh, and I'm very, very excited to announce this. I quit vaping three, four, it might be four weeks ago, three weeks ago, just shy of a month, I think. And I did it in three days in cold turkey. Um, it was not easy. <laughs> God bless my husband and my kids for dealing with me over the last couple weeks. Um, and I have tried many, many, many times to quit on my own. Um, and I definitely had an addiction. It was my security blanket and really has been for years now. Um, and I smoked in college. Like it, it's been an ongoing addiction struggle. Uh, not to say that just because I quit vaping three to four weeks ago means that I'm a hundred percent in the clear, but it's easier this time. And it's because I partnered with God. I said, you know what? I've done this my way. We've tried cold turkey. I've tried the smaller pods or the weaker pods or whatever it is, Lord. I've tried it all. I want to try it your way. Let me know what we need to do. And then it really was kind of a, a download, a tapering off a, okay, from this time to this time, I'm going to go to the garage and hit my pin this number of times. Like there was a whole step-by-step -step process that just came to me one day. And every morning for the, for, for those three days, I would pray and say, okay, what's our plan today, God? Like, what are we doing today to quit? And then finally, by the third day, uh, basically it was okay at nine o'clock at night and it was over and done. The day in my book was done and, uh, Got the the pull to go and put, I had two, two vape pens, put both of them in the bottom of a trash can. And if I wanted them, I had to dig them out myself. And I was like, no, thank you. Uh, go and look for a trash can. And of course, my dear sainted husband had just taken out the trash for no apparent reason. And I was like, are you kidding me? It's not trash day. <laughs> it was Friday. But... So I walked myself back to the garage, which was very therapeutic because I smoked a lot in the garage. That's where like I kind of stepped away from the kids and had my quiet, whatever. But in the garage, I had to actually go into our large trash can, our dumpster trash can, find a trash bag, dig around, open it, drop the pins in there, shake it up to where I couldn't get to it, and walk away. Um, I have a gut feeling had it been any other place in the house, any other location, even the empty trash can or even the trash can in the, in the kitchen, I would have dug it out. There were moments and times where that struggle was hard enough that there's a reason why Reese took the trash out on a Friday instead of a Sunday. There's a reason why I decided I was going to start tapering off smoking for three days. And it's because I went to the father first. 
and I came to him and I said, this is what I would like to do. You tell me how we're going to do it. So that was pretty powerful, (laughs) empowering with God. The next thing we need to get rid of is complaining. The next time you are in an argument or a tiff with somebody and you want to pick up the phone and call XYZ and vent and complain about it, you, your, your person, whoever your person is, um, instead of picking up the phone and calling and hyping that situation up into a much bigger scenario than what it really should have been. Why don't you not make that call? Do a little self-evaluating. What needs to change in that scenario? Why are you unhappy? What are you complaining for? Is it something that you can change? If you can change it, good. Do something about it. Put it into action. If you can't change it, let it go. Oh, this one is used in my house frequently, not just because of the movie Frozen, but if you can't change it, let it go. So we are no longer complaining. We're going to take that off our plate. We are, take it off your plate. Don't say it anymore. I feel like I've come a very long way in the complaining department. I still fall short and have to catch myself from time to time, but complaining, take it off your plate. Do a little self-evaluating and change some things that need to change. Another powerless move or thought is living in the fear-based and anxious world in that, that vibe. (laughs) I was an anxious mess forever, long as I can remember. And then I went to trauma therapy (laughs) and I learned what grounding and self-regulating are for your emotions. And oh my goodness, finding your center, finding your balance, finding your whatever you want to call it and grounding. If you aren't familiar with the process, it is where you close your eyes and almost do a, a mental scan of your body from top to bottom. See where you feel your tension, your anxiety, whatever it is. I carry mine in my chest, um, but everyone carries it differently. And then you are going to imagine a light uh, shining, a, a beam of light, whatever you want it to be, a ball. A, a, I prefer shining sunlight. And you have that start at the tip of your toes and then slowly move up the rest of your body. And when it hits those areas of tension, anxiety, stress, wherever you carry it, then you imagine that that ray of sunlight, that beam of sunlight, whatever you are using in that moment, completely melts it away. It's going to feel odd if you've never done it before. It's going to feel a little un natural at first because you are literally sitting there with your eyes closed thinking, what am I doing right now? But 
after you do it the first time, the second time, the fifth time, the 10th time, you start to feel the difference. It might not be an immediate drastic, oh my gosh, the anxiety is gone. But start checking yourself. Start self-regulating your emotions. Which brings me to my next powerless emotion move, whatever you want to call it, is to feel anger or rage. The loser in any argument is the person who walks away angry. So, if you are feeling anger, rage, frustration, something that's bubbling up inside of you, and it's almost uncontrollable, step away. Step away from that situation, but don't walk away. There is a very big difference. Anger and rage means that you are not thinking correctly. You are, there's a lot of brain terminology that escapes me right now, but you ain't it, sis. You ain't in your amygdala. You you are, I don't know. But that is not how you make the best decisions for yourself is when you're angry or just enraged. Take a moment to cool off. Step away. But once you've calmed down, make sure you go back to address the root of the issue. Just because you feel better does not mean it's resolved. Just because you've cooled off and you're no longer seeing red or shaking or your eyes are whatever all the the different rage things are, there is still an issue at hand that maybe you had not been prepared to address in that moment. But now that you've cooled off and you are no longer in your fight or flight response and you are feeling more peace, you need to go back and assess the issue and get it resolved. Because if you do not, the cycle is going to continue. That rage is going to come back up. You have to get to the root to resolve the issue. So what does the Bible say about all this? What does God call us to do? In 2 Corinthians, Second Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside within me, so that I may take pleasure in weakness, insults, hardship, persecution, and difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. <clears throat> Meekness comes to mind with that. Uh, A lot of the world will tell you that meek is weak. But just because you have an understanding, a connection with your emotions, a true emotional maturity does not mean that you are weak. It means that you can take pleasure in the times when you were weak because you can learn from them. 
you can take pleasure in the hardships as hard as that seems right now. You can take pleasure in those and knowing that they groomed you into who you are today. In the difficulties of the day to day, when I am weak, then I am strong. Be strong in Christ. Lean on him in your areas where you feel, you know, you fall short. I mean, I can sit here and make a grocery list of unhealthy traits that I had whenever I was emotionally immature. And I, I knew it about myself and I hated it about myself, but I couldn't acknowledge it or change it. So do a little soul searching, dig a little deeper, dig a little deeper. What's that uh, princess and the frog song? But come as you are, don't stay as you are. Evaluate why, why you function the way you function. If you aren't happy with how you function, change it. Instead of, I will try, I'm going to do it. It was kind of ironic to me that I would sit here and rely on God for everything or attempt to rely on God for everything, but then I have this, I had this addiction to nicotine and it took acknowledging that I couldn't do it alone. You can't do it alone. Do it in partnership with the one who can. All right, guys. Uh, that is all I have for today. I love you dearly. If you have made it this far, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for the support and the love. I know there are a handful of you out here that have listened every week, and I absolutely adore you. Thank you so much. If you feel so inclined, will you please leave a small review on Apple Podcast? Uh, whatever you feel, just so that we can spread the word out there. That's kind of the point of this thing is I feel like I have a lot of life lessons. So that is it for me today, guys. And don't forget, knows a full sentence. You don't overcommit yourself to anyone for anything, especially if you're emotionally immature. We can't take on more until we're ready for it. <laughs> Have a blessed one. Stay safe out there. And I will talk to you guys next week.